high God. God, you almighty, your El Shaddai, you the all sufficient one. So we just thank you on today, God. We love on you. We thank you for your presence being in this place, God. We thank you, Father God, that you're here to heal, deliver, and set the captives free. We thank you, Father God, that everything that you have already done for us, God, we receive it right now in the name of Jesus because it already belongs to us. God, we're not trying to get anything, God. We're just accepting what we already have. So we thank you, Father God. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength on today in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us on today. So, Father, I come right now against tiredness, weariness, God, in the name of Jesus, God. And I lose your strength, God, in this place in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. We shall, we will rejoice, and we shall be glad in it. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, God. I thank you that without the shedding of his blood, there will be no remissions of sin. So, God, we just thank you and praise you. And as I go forth, God, with your word on today, I thank you that your people hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have for them on this day. And God, I bind confusion in the name of Jesus and I loose your peace in the midst of this room, God. I bind discord, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I bind all false accusations right now. That's even going through people's minds right now in the name of Jesus. God, let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. I bind condemnation in the name of Jesus because we're no longer guilty, God. Condemnation have no longer a right in our lives, God, because we're in Christ Jesus. Thank you for our new identities and father i thank you that i have been crucified with christ and it's no longer i who live but it's christ who lives in me in jesus name amen amen being that it is mother's day the lord laid this on my heart for the mothers but we know that the men can get a piece of this as well amen so open your Bibles. We're familiar with this passage of scripture. Go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and let's hear what the Lord has to say. Amen. And when we all get there, just let us say amen again. Hallelujah. Some people can turn those Bibles quick, fast, in a hurry, because uh, I heard some amen before I even finished talking. So if it's uh, uh, amen mean it is so, or you just saying it is so before so, what is it? Amen. Hallelujah. Second Kings, the fourth chapter. And the word of God now reads. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handsmaid have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. I want to talk about a God fearing woman. You may be seated. A God fearing woman. When we look at this passage of scripture, it starts out with a certain woman was crying out, um, and she was one of the sons of the prophet. When we look at the sons of the prophet, these were um, men that was being raised up, first of all, under Elijah. 
They were raising them up under the law. They was raising them up to be servants. They were raising them up to be God-fearing men. And then they went up under Elijah. So we hear about the school of the prophets. And we know a prophet is a spokesman for God. He speaks the word of God. But in our time now, in the New Testament, we didn't have to do like they were doing in the Old Testament, wait for a prophet to bring us a word. The word of God is in your heart. It is nigh thee. In your heart and in your mouth is the word of faith, which we preach and proclaim. So if you're waiting on a prophet to tell you if you're going to have a husband, have a car, have kids, whatever, that's the soothsayer. We don't do that. The only thing we need to do is get into the word of God and hear God for ourselves. We don't try to wait on no man and no woman to tell us what need to be told. Now, when a prophet come, that prophet is going to confirm the word which was already spoken unto you. So be careful. Don't just be taking a word from somebody because they say, I'm a prophet. Anybody that tell you a prophet, that they are a prophet, you need to check that thing because they're boasting and bragging on them. Amen. So we see here that this woman, she began to cry out because her husband was one of the sons of the prophet. He was one of the ones that was under Elijah. And the first thing that she said that her husband feared the Lord. Now, the reason I say I'm talking about a God fearing woman is because this woman knew her rights. She knew what she had a right to. She began to tell Elijah, she said, he's a God-fearing man. What does it mean to fear God? It means that you honor him, you reference him. That means that you're serving him, that you're loving him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And if you're loving him and serving him, it is because that's why you can live the way he would have for you to live. Anyone that say they love the Lord and truly love him with all their heart, their mind, and their soul, they may fall sometime in some areas, but they're going to get back up with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me with that. Anyone that calls on the Lord and say that they know him, they will turn from the things of the world and they will turn to God. So this woman knew my husband is a God fearing man. That's what she began to proclaim. But when you look at this woman, the first thing that she was talking about was, I know my rights. And the reason why she said this is because she knew that Elijah had to take care of her because of her husband. And that's what we need to know as women of God. We need to know that we have benefits. We need to know what Jesus has provided for us. When you know what Jesus has provided for you, you don't have to worry about what comes up or, or when it's going to come up because you know that he is your provider. When we look at Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide up under the shadow of the Almighty. And then it says that we can say unto the Lord that he is what? Our strength. It goes on to say what we can say. Why? Because we're dwelling in that secret place. When you dwell in the secret place of the most high, when you living according to him and you're doing what the word of God tell you to do, guess what? The rest of Psalms 91, you don't have to quote to get. When you live the way you need to live, all this stuff comes to you. I want y'all to understand this. All these things come to you. The only reason why we quote the word is because we know what belongs to us. 
We don't quote the word to try to get anything from God. We quote it because we know what belongs to us. So this widow, she knew what her rights was. She knew what her benefits was. She knew that Elijah was a spokesman for God. And whatever Elijah asked God for, she knew that it rightfully belonged to her. When we go back to Psalms 103, it tells our soul to bless the Lord. And in telling the soul to bless the Lord, it say, forget not nothing of your benefits. So we don't supposed to forget the benefits that God has for us. He has healing. He has deliverance. He has prosperity. He has a whole package of benefits for us. So when things go wrong in our lives, what we have to remember is the benefits that we have. When the bank account looked low, when it looked like this bill may not get paid, we don't forget our benefits. We remember that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I'm not going to forget my benefits when it looked like I don't have no money in my house. I'm not going to forget my benefits when my body is wrapped in pain. Why? Because I know he already paid the price by Jesus Christ. I was already healed. So I know these things are mine. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to begin to decree and declare what belongs to me. If you don't know what belongs to you, don't just be repeating after me or somebody else. Get into relationship with God so you can grab hold to the things that belong to you that's already paid for. He paid the price. The price has already been paid. So we don't have to go and pay a price to get nothing from God. The only thing we do is believe and receive in what we already have. So this woman believed that she had a right to get those benefits. So she cried out unto Elijah. So that's a God-fearing woman because she wasn't looking to man. Even though Elijah was a man, she knew who Elijah represented. And it's just like when you get married and you husband and wives and you take on that man's last name. I want to tell you something, women, quick, fast, in a hurry. Don't take on a man's last name because of his looks. Or because it looked like he got money. Or because it looked like he got sense. Some people are fooled by men, women. You're fooled by men because they tell you everything they want you to hear to get what they want. Then once you marry them because you think this is the love of your life, you find out that ain't the man that I thought he was. But when you fall in love with Jesus, when you begin with the right man, and you spending time with that man, you ain't going to accept any or every man. Because that man ain't going to meet up to who you've been with. See, the more you with Jesus, you're going to know a good man when you see a good man. And you ain't going to marry out of being born again. You're not going to be unequally yoked. That's number one. You cannot say that you in love with Jesus and you marrying somebody that don't know Jesus. The devil is a lie. We're talking about God-fearing women. We're talking about the women that fear God. Women that fear God is not just going to jump in the bed and with a one night stand and then say, well, now let's get married because it ain't lining up. You shouldn't have jumped in the bed before you asked him to marry. Because see, a God-fearing woman is going to line up with the word of God. 
You're going to be doing what the word of God tell you to do. And your light is going to shine before men so they can see your good work. So your father can be glorified, which is in heaven. See, we jump at in and everything because they talk the talk and they look like they're walking the walk. And they're telling you about what the word says. And you saying, oh, they know the word and they can be a killer. The devil knew the word. He was a deceiver. So many people are, are speaking the word of God, but don't even know God. Come on, they're using the word just like it's a history book. And they're trying to tell you what God is saying. And they don't even know what God is saying for themselves. Everybody that say, Lord, Lord, is in the word. They don't know him. So a God-fearing woman, they're going to know God through somebody else. They're going to know if they're speaking the right things. They're going to know if it's God or not. Why? Because they don't spend time with God. See, the more time I spend with my husband, I know when he up. I know when he down. Sometimes I know what he's going to say before he say it. Why? When you spend so much time with somebody, come on, they'll make you madder than anybody else. Won't they though? Y'all act like ain't no amen in that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the more time you spend with somebody, you know, you even know when they lying and trying not to lie. Come on, the more time you spend with somebody, you know how they feel. Even when they're not telling you how they feel, you know their looks. Come on, y'all. You spend so much time with somebody, they, you know their looks better than anybody know their looks. You know the look when they're telling you to shut up, be quiet. And they're not even open their mouth. That's a relationship. And the relationship we should have with our father, we should be going out showing his characteristics. And we don't have to tell nobody we saved. We don't even have to speak the word of God. When we open our mouth, how we're carrying ourselves, they're saying, oh, you must be a Christian. So many people are trying to prove who they are. They really don't know who they are in him. They don't know their new identity. When you get to know your identity, you live by that identity. When you're in someone's house, see this woman, which was a wife of the prophet, the son of the prophet, what she did, she watched her husband. Come on, you cannot go into the house of the Lord every Tuesday, every Sunday, or every Wednesday, or some people go every day of the week. You cannot do that, and your lifestyle don't change. There's supposed to be a change in your lifestyle. So I believe this woman knew there was a change with her husband. I believe she knew he was a God-fearing man. Why? He didn't let anything and everything go on in his house. So she began to cry out and say, Elijah, my husband is a God-fearing man. She knew the difference. How many of us can say, my husband is a God-fearing man? How many of us can say, my boyfriend, my boo is a God-fearing man? Come on, somebody. How many can say that? Because you can't say it if you don't know what uh, uh, fearing God is. If you don't know what honoring God is, you thinking you got all of this in a bag of chips and really they don't even know God. But they try to act like they're living for God. So that's verse 1. And verse 2 says, and this is what Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? See, when you know your rights, when you go to your father, when you know what you already have, come on, the father's ready to release it. Because you already know, anytime you go to the bank, um, women, and you got that last name of that man, and you go into that bank, you're not sitting in your car praying that they give you no money, right? 
You're not sitting in that car. Oh, I know my husband got paid. Oh, um, Lord, help me to get some money out that bank. No, you walking proud in that bank. Amen. Jennifer Simpson, you walking proud in that bank and you saying, I would like to take this from this account. You don't wrote out the little ticket and then they giving you the money. You ain't got no hesitation. Come on. Wait a minute, some of y'all got hesitation because you afraid that they took your name off the account or you afraid that they emptied the account. So you you sitting in the car praying that there's something in that account. You know you checked that account before you went anyway. See, there shouldn't be no hesitation with God. Why should not there be a hesitation with God? Because when we know him. When he's telling us the benefits that we have because we spent time with him, we should not be worried. We should be like the birds. The birds don't have no worry. The birds say, wherever I land, I'm going to have some food. He said, you're better than the birds. We're better. So we should have so much trust in God that we're not looking for a man to take care of us women. Come on, this woman husband was dead. Now I want to get to this. This woman husband was dead. You know how men say, I'm the priest of the home. When that man die, where is he at? God got to be your priest and your king and your Lord before that man. Because this woman husband was dead. She cried out to Elijah because they were coming to take her son as bondsmen. She had to be ready to step up. Why was she ready to be to step up? Because I believe that God fearing man brought God into that house. And I believe when it was time for him to go, she stood up on what she knew belonged to her. Can we as women stand up before we meet a man knowing what belonged to us so when that man leave out of our life we can still stand up and say I still have benefits but what we wait on we wait on the life insurance we wait on to see what he got left after he leave this world right but when we know what we have in God outside of all of this and I'm not saying you don't need it because yes you do but you still have to go to God to know what you need right God will tell you what to get and how to get it and when to get it so he has to be our first love So this man was dead. So this woman had to step up. What am I telling to women? Step up. Get into the word of God. Know what belongs to you. Don't just put all your trust in that man because you don't know from one day to the next what could happen dealing with that man. Maybe it's not his time to die, but things could happen with your resources. That's why God got to be your source. You can't look to him to think that he got everything together because it may be days that he don't. It may be days that he's overspending. And then you got to watch how you spend because he overspent. When the man mess up, the woman mess up. When the woman mess up, the man is messed up. Why? Because you are one. You tear up the house. This is what's going on. So know who you're marrying. Don't marry a man that don't have himself together. Don't marry a man that's living with his mama. Because if he's living with his mama, you're going to move in with mama too. Don't marry a man that's dependent on mama and daddy and don't know how to do stuff for himself. You want to marry a God-fearing man that got himself together, that already got himself established and he can put you in a home. Some women want to get married so bad they don't care where the man is staying. As long as I can be with you, baby, I'm I'm, going to be with you. But come on, even in the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam, we know Eve was already a part of Adam. But guess what? There was a paradise for Eve to come into. 
God had everything already established before Eve was even pulled out of Adam. Come on, somebody. So we men, you got to get yourself together. So if you want a woman, if you want a wife, you want to make sure that you're stable to take care of that wife. Don't be trying to bring kids into the world and can't take care of yourself. Oh, y'all, this is good. This is good. Sometimes people don't want you to talk about things like this because they be thinking, oh, Lord, why did I marry you? You got them now. That's just how it is. Some of us want to be quick to marry, but see, you better watch them steps and you better make sure them steps are ordered in the Lord. Order my steps in the Lord. So this woman knew what she had. She knew her husband. She knew he was a God-fearing man. So she knew her rights. So women, come what may, whatever may happen in our lives, we have to be in a place to trust God for ourselves because once that man is out the picture, we have to step up because when you got children that's dependent on you, I'm talking to single women too. Single women, you in this picture too. Some of us, we want the man because we see married couples. We see them going out on Mother's Day. I see you, Athea. On Mother's Day, we be out with our husbands and all of this and that and... We be out and some women say, oh, I wish I had me a husband. You don't know what that woman going through with that man she with. You don't know that he can be smiling and giving her roses on Mother Day or not. And you thinking it's okay. You know, I want that life. Don't be trying to check into somebody else's home because they trying to check out. So you better be careful who you trying to mimic and who you trying to be. You don't know the struggle that's in that home. You see the glory, but you don't know their story. Everything didn't start out like it was. There were some ups, there were some downs, but I'm telling you, when you know God, even in the downs, you still up. Even when the man is treating you any kind of way, you still giving God glory. Even when the man won't send you no flowers, God had already given you your flowers. So you're not worrying about all of that. Why? Because you know him. So this woman had to step up. Because her children were getting ready to be taken for slaves. So she came to the man of God. She came to the man that raised her husband up. And she knew he had to be a good man to raise a God-fearing son of a prophet. So she came to him. And then he said, what do you have in your house? So see, he asked her first, what do you have in your house? Sometimes we're trying to get out of everybody else's house. But he knew it was something in that house that can be used for the Lord. So don't go out looking in everybody else's house. When things are going on, say, Lord, what's in my house? So he asked her, what is in her house? And this is what she said. And she said, thine handsmaid have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. You know why she didn't have anything in her house? Because they took it all. And it still wasn't enough. So she didn't have anything in her house save a pot of oil. But what this woman did not know, the oil that was in her house was way better than anything she had in her house. See, this oil represents the Holy Spirit. And he knows, she say, save a pot of oil or a jar of oil. She didn't know how precious this was. In the Old Testament, they used it to anoint people with. They used it for healing. They used it in the tabernacle to give light. So Elijah said, what do you have in your house? She said, a pot of oil. So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, women. 
When we have the Holy Spirit, we have everything that we need because God said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you someone that's going to represent my son when he was on this earth. When you need to be taught, call on the Holy Spirit. When you need to be comforted, call on the Holy Spirit. When you need someone to lead you, guide you, call on the Holy Spirit. When you want the word to be brought back to your remembrance, call on the Holy Spirit. When you want some power to come down from heaven, know that you have the Holy Spirit. She had everything she needed in her house. When the bills look like they're not getting paid, call on the Holy Spirit because he's your answer. That's the power of God. That is the spirit of God. He's in your house. He's in you. So she didn't even know what she had. Let me say this. Women, you don't even know what you have. When you're dependent on a man to comfort you. That man cannot comfort you like the Holy Spirit. That man cannot lead and guide you like the Holy Spirit. This is why we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're not doing things the way that God wants you to do them. You're doing things opposite to the word of God. Come on, we probably grieved him this morning. By our actions, the way we talked, the way we're doing things outside of the word of God, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. It's saying no to the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit is not letting the Holy Spirit do what God have sent him to do. The Holy Spirit is like a fire on the inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit is welling up on the inside of you and you cut him off because flesh want to act out and cut up. Come on, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're putting him out. So we have the Holy Spirit, women. But we have to learn to call on him. We have to learn to say, Holy Spirit, I need help. I can't do this by myself. And I know why he sent you here. He sent you to help me, to walk alongside of me. I feel like I'm alone right now. Come on, you can be married and feel like you alone. But he said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake you. Why? Because I come in the form of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. This is why the Bible tells us that we should be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. What did that mean? When I got born again, the Holy Spirit indwelt me. That's him indwelling me. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. But to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, it comes through the word of God. Each time I get into the word of God, I'm being filled with the whole, full of the Holy Spirit. This is why Ephesians chapter 5 tell us, don't be drunk with wine. Do you know why? When you're drunk with wine, it controls you. Y'all, I don't know nothing about that because I ain't never done that stuff. But they said it controls you. It turns you into another person. It controls you. It make you do things and say things. See, I watch some drunk people. They don't start talking um, about nobody real bad until they get real drunk. Have you ever seen somebody that was your best friend, Kim, and they love you so much, but when they got drunk, they told you about yourself. I never liked you. From the beginning, I never, they just as drunk as skunk. So they being controlled by all of those he motions and she motions. I never liked you, Julia. 
I told you I like you. They're cussing you out. Telling you you nothing and never been nothing. Drunk. Then after the drunk is over. Hey girl. So I'm your girl. What did you say to me last night? So he said don't be controlled. Let's go to Ephesians 5. It says Ephesians 5:18 and be not drunk with wine where is excess but be filled with the spirit. So he's telling us not to be drunk. Don't be controlled. The reason we're filled with the spirit, this means y'all that that filling is it's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need a daily filling every day. That means the more you get into your word, the more you controlled by the Holy Spirit. Come on. We got some people with more control than others. This is why some people keep going through changes when somebody don't like you. You all upset because you ain't controlled by the Holy Spirit. When you controlled by him, whether they like you or not, you love on them. When you controlled by the Holy Spirit, you ain't all the time angry because somebody's telling you about yourself. You ain't walking in pride all the time. You're walking in humility when you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. When you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you can love your brother and sister even when they hate you. When you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're so full of the word that you're so full of the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Son of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So when you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you are led by the Spirit. You ain't all up in yourself. You all up in Him. So that's why every day there is a feeling. Every time you get in the Word, there is a feeling. And sometimes it comes in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that's coming out of your heart that nobody didn't give you. All of a sudden you bursting out with a hymn. You bursting out with a psalms in the book of psalms. Oh, come on. Spiritual songs that's flooding your heart with some joy. Come on, I don't know about you. I can wake up in the morning and it's a song in my heart. Come on, that's being controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's being full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you have taken the time to go in the work. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, some of us is just speaking the word, but we don't really know the word. But when you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, it's coming through the word of God. When you angry all the time, when you feel rejected all the time, you ain't controlled by the Holy Spirit. You controlled by your emotions because you want people to see me. What is it? See me, hear me, be attached to me. It's all about me. And when you're trying to tell people how anointed you are, you ain't controlled by the Holy Spirit because they will be able to see him through you without you saying, I'm anointed. I'm upon it. You don't talk to me like that. I'm so anointed. No, you're not. You're anointed with flesh. Because God don't run his mouth like that. Hmm. When I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, you don't see me. You see the glory of God that's coming through me. That's what it means. So this is what, when he said, what do you have in your house? I just have a little, she didn't know. She didn't know, but Elijah's getting ready to show her about this oil. Go back with me to 2 Kings. Y'all, isn't the word good? Ooh, it's real, real, real good. It's rich. 
when we look at verse 3, then he said, now listen how God was speaking through Elijah. This is the word speaking through Elijah. Go borrow. Borrow mean ask there, y'all. It don't mean to be giving it back. It said ask thee. Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Remember God is the potter. We are the clay. He makes us into the vessel that we need to be, right? And he said, even empty vessels. Let me tell you how God works. God don't do things natural. God does things supernatural. That's why you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by flesh. The flesh, the the spirit quicken the flesh profit you nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That's what God's word is. So he was giving her life. This is what Elijah was. Giving her was life. So he told her to go borrow, go ask for these empty vessels. Let me tell y'all something. When we get born again, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He's there. We identifying. He's identifying us to God, right? But we are empty until we go into the, we are empty. You got to stay full of him. You got to go in the word of God so you can stay full of him. People get mad at me because if I hear something and I come back with something else, it's because of what I'm full of. Don't get mad at the word. Don't get mad at what God is saying to you. That's where I've been. That's the road I traveled. The word will correct you. The word will teach you, instruct you. Come on, somebody. Don't get mad at people that's bringing you the word because you out of alignment with the word. When you out of alignment, you will stay mad at me or somebody else because of the word. Come on. We're going this is this is real talk. See, people don't want to hear real talk because you ain't in this book. When you get in the book, it grieves the Holy Spirit when you're talking outside the book and supposed to be a Christian people. It grieves him. That means it brings sorrow. Do you know the Holy Spirit is grieved? He's sorrow. There's pain there because he's seeing you do something and act a certain way out of who you are in him. He's grieved. Sometimes I wonder, Lord, why am I feeling this way? Lord, why I feel this way when I talk to certain people? Why do I feel like something just hit me and just threw me down? Because the Holy Spirit is grieved. Because he know, no, 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 no. That's not the way it's supposed to be. No. So this is why, y'all, we have to understand what it meant when he said, what do you have in you? Do we know we got the Holy Spirit? Do we know what he like and what he don't like? So it goes on to say here, he was telling her to go borrow, to go ask for those vessels. And remember, I'm saying, you are born again. If you accepted Jesus, you you know, you're born again. The Holy Spirit is indwelling you, but you need a constant filling of him. And that comes through the word of God. So he said, I want you to go ask for these vessels. He was giving her step by step. What gets me is everybody want the whole chapter. Everybody want it all at once. Well, Lord, just give it all to me. He said, I can't give it all to you because you mess it up. He said, I'm going to give you step by step. 
Have you ever been talking to your children and you tell them to do something and you, you find out, wait a minute, it's too much for that one. Let me just start here. When they finish that, I give them, come on. You got some children, you can't give them the whole thing. You have to give them this part. And when they finish that part, say, well, come on back. Let me give you the rest. Some of us try to overload our children because we don't know them. When you don't know your child, you cannot give certain children or adults but so much responsibility. Because some of them can't carry it out. We try to put them where somebody else is and everybody ain't in the same place. Watch your child when they grow up. If you tell them to take out the trash and the trash still sitting there, why you tell them to take out the trash and mow the lawn at the same time? If they can't take out the trash, they ain't going to mow the lawn. Wait a minute. Back up. If they can't make up the bed, they ain't going to take out the trash. Because they just got out the bed. So you got to ask the Lord, help me with this one. Because this one get up and don't do nothing. This one get up and it's just like, say what? They come out the same womb. So we have to take the time to know where our children are. We have to watch them when they grow up and you know their gifts. Now, I got two grandchildren. The first one, different from the second one. Right? That, that first one is very wise. She'll wait, she'll watch. That second one is a dancer and a singer. You put on some music, she'll pop a beat in a minute. And I mean, she pops it too. I said, oh, oh, you're going to be a dancer for the Lord. You're going to be singing for Jesus. Because she said, Mima. Then one day she told me to look and I ain't never seen nobody roll their behind like that. And then got an expression while she rolling it. I said, oh, you're going to be a dancer for Jesus, girl. Praise the Lord. You watch them, you'll know where they come from. Oh, no, sit down. We was in the restaurant, y'all, and the music come on. Oh, she stood up in the chair. My husband said, sit down. (laughs) She's a dancer. And we have to teach her to dance for the Lord. Because when she hear a beat, she just do her own moves. I said, girl, you're going to be a dancer for the Lord. So we watch them. We watch what's in our children. We watch what's in our grandchildren. You can't always think just because this child is sitting there so quiet, it ain't going to be devious. Hello. Watch the quiet ones. The ones that's showing out, they're good. Them quiet ones that don't do too much around you. What up? Don't let them fool you. That was something for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, we see we got to stay full. And it comes through the word, right? So he told her to go ask for those vessels. Now he's given her some more in verse 4. And he said, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. This is what we have to do on, on a daily basis. We are his vessel. We have to take the time and shut ourselves off. From around everything and everybody so we can be continually filled. Some of us don't want to take the time to shut off before God. We turn on the tube. And we watch it. And watch it. And watch it. And that's what we get full of. 
So when somebody bring you the word, you got so much stuff that you done downloaded from television, from people you've been hanging around that you should have separated yourself from, that when the word come, it don't hit the way it need to hit. Because your heart done become so sensitive to the world way of doing things. When the truth come, you don't feel nothing. It's just like anything else. Because that's what you're full of. Because that's what you sp- that's who you spend time with. That's what you spend time with. Even if it's work. If you spend more time working than you do in the word of God, that's all your mind going to be is on work. If you spend more time doing things with others than you do in the word of God, that's where your mind is going to be. So he said, I want you to shut the door. We have to close ourselves off to the way of the world. So we can be full of him. So he said, I want you to shut the door. Check this, y'all. He didn't only say shut the door with the woman and come in. He said, bring your sons with you. We should be bringing our children with us. When God is getting ready to do something, the children should be there so they can see the hand of God, the move of God. I give you an example. Um, Jeremy saw things in my life in the later part of my salvation. But Ariel was right there through all of it. And Jeremy began to come in and see different things. But God had to show my daughter through college who God really was in her college experience. And when she had to fill out the applications to, you know, apply for different things. And, you know, they were asking for income and all of this. And when she got our income, she said, Mama, I said, yes. She said, uh, do I put, I said, yeah, put down that because that's what it is. So she put that down and in her mind, in the natural, you would think they can't work with this. But remember, God is a supernatural, not a natural. So when God worked with her through her whole college years, four years, thank God, four years. He did that thing. Woo, Jesus did it. He did it. He did it. And I'm here to tell you, y'all, he did it to the point she's 4.0. She's coming out 4.0 for two semesters. That's God. I'm bragging on God because me and my husband knew the ups and downs with her. We knew how when she was getting stressed out and, and God would say, give her this. And I'm telling her what the word is saying. I said, get up and walk away and just give God glory. It's already done. So we had to put God in the midst of that. So through all this experience, she saw the supernatural. She didn't see us. She saw supernatural because she know it wasn't in us. See, God has to be seen outside of your ability. When you're trying to do something to get your kids to see you, God ain't in it. I don't care how saved you are. God said, I want to show up and show out so they'll know how to serve me like you're serving me. So they'll know that I'm a God. I want them to fear me. So how can they fear me if you're not sharing nothing with them to let them know I'm God? Come on, y'all. In my house, I'm not ashamed. My son, daughter, whoever in there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good. I give you praise today. There is no other God like you. Hallelujah. I'm praising God through my house. So when she come home to study, I give her my, my seat where I 
sit with God, she say, I say, here, honey, take this seat. Because she know. She said, Mama, when you get in this seat, I say, yeah, baby, just sit right there. Sit right there. I go in the, no, he got the office. <laughs> I go in the bedroom. It don't matter because everywhere we go, God is right there. Honey, he told me, why you don't come in the office with me? I said, listen here. When I want to be with God by myself, it's just me and him. You just go right ahead. Take the office. I'm going in the room. Because when you have a place with God, you want to hear him. You want to hear what he has to say for that day. And when you have somebody else in the room, come on, you can't get intimate like you won't really want to. You can't roll like you want to. You can't moon like you want to. Come on, you have an affair with the Lord. You know what I mean? Two people in the same room having an affair with blow up the house. But... Woo, it'd be so good, y'all. Y'all know what I mean. Don't say you know what I mean when you really don't know what I mean. Because when you know what I mean, nobody don't have to make you go in that place. You walk in that place every day. That place has become so much a part of you. They know where you're going. So that woman, he told her, shut the door. Shut, and this is what he told her after she shut the door. Listen at what he says. Shut the door upon thee and thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Let me ask you something. Who are you pouring out into? Because when you are continually full of him, you are constantly pouring out. And I ain't talking about mess. I ain't talking about cutting the food, pouring out. I'm talking about when somebody come before you, I don't care if you're at the table and they saying something, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is rising up and you begin to pour out some truth. You don't sit there and let them be naive to what the world is saying. You keep pouring it out on them and say, uh, 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 and you keep pouring. Why? Because you done been with him and you're not going to sit with any and everybody and they talking foolishness and you don't pour out what's in you. How can you hold off truth when you know it's a lie at the table? You grieving the Holy Spirit. You quenching the Holy Spirit because you got truth and you letting that lie prevail. I don't understand why people can sit with people and you know they're in error and you just sitting there. Uh-huh. Just looking at them like dumbfounded. That don't supposed to happen. Because when you're constantly full of him, you don't pray up under your breath. The Holy Spirit will have you to open your mouth and say, excuse me, can I share this with you? Even if they don't want to take it, you gave it to them. This is why when we taste and see. How good he is. He's so good. We can't keep the taste to ourselves. Come on, y'all. When you go to a good restaurant and it's good, you come back and you got some bragging rights. You want to share. I'll share with Apostle. Apostle, I had this right here. Ooh, this right here is good. You need to try that. Why? Because it just stirred something up in my taste buds. Man, when you get in that word and that word is so so good said I wouldn't tell nobody but I couldn't keep it to myself no I anybody know that 
What the Lord? Hello? Now, I ain't a good singer, but I'd be singing. With the help of the Lord. Said I wouldn't tell nobody. But I couldn't keep it to myself. That's just how good God is. You can't keep it to yourself. When you get in the word and you're so full of the word, you can't keep it to yourself. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I heard that one. When you're so mad at somebody, you can't keep it to yourself. You getting more out being mad than you getting more out when it comes to the word of God. People know how to cuss you out. Bleep, 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 bleep. And can they get into the word of God and tell you what it say? They letting everything that they have hidden on the inside come on the outside. You be like, huh? It was already there. They were holding it for you. You didn't know? So he said, I want you to pour into those vessels. So they poured into those vessels. Now check this. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now listen at this. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Look at this. That's why you got to be continually full so you can keep pouring and it never run dry. You can keep pouring the word, pouring the word and pouring the word. So the oil stayed. But then Elijah told her this. Now, she could have got more vessels and it would kept pouring out, kept pouring out. But he went on what she had, where, where she stopped. Then he said, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and the children of the rest. Look at God. God made a way for that woman. Because that woman was a God-fearing woman. That woman knew her rights. That woman obeyed the word of the Lord. When you obey God, I don't care what's in your way. It has to move because you're living according to the word and not according to the world. So whatever God tell you, that's what you do. You don't do anything outside of God. And see, this is the problem with the saints, the set apart ones. Some of us don't want to live a set-apart life because we feel like we're missing what the world has. Missing what the world has means I can't hang with my friends no more. I can't do like I used to do no more. I can't dress like I used to. I can't be as fly as I used to be. God has a way that he would dress you that the world wants your look. We don't take the time to Dressed the way God want us to dress because we too impressed with what the world is doing. God will give everybody the look he want them to have if you spend more time with him. And it won't be based on how this one look, that one look, or how I should look. But I'm going to look the way God want me to look because I'm bringing him glory. It's not me that's getting the glory. See, if we do everything God's way, we wouldn't be worrying about man's way. 
We will live a that's fearing God, women. Because when you spend time with him, you ain't going to just buy any and everything just because somebody else have it. You ain't going to look any in any kind of way just because somebody else is looking that way. Everything that fit them, boo, it don't fit you. I'm just being honest. The mannequins, you can't even get the look of the mannequin. That's just a dumb mannequin. So see, they put stuff before your eyes so you can get a picture in your head and you hoping that you can be that way, but that ain't the way you're supposed to be. God can take a person that nobody want or never looked at and transform that person by connecting them with the right people and then every woman want what you got but never wanted it until you got it. Hello? You better know what you got. The first one you know that you have is Jesus. He's your one and only. And women, until you know that Jesus is your one and only, your husband won't satisfy you, your boo won't satisfy you, your children won't satisfy you, your money, your family, nothing will satisfy you until you know you have everything in him, you complete in him, and nobody can take his place. You done put too many people in the place of Jesus. People can give you a nice teaching, a nice sermon, can preach. But if their life ain't lining up with what they're saying, that was just words that went down the drain. You're supposed to live what you speak. And you can live it because you didn't just go pull it just to preach it. I'm going to say it again. You didn't pull it just to preach it one day. You've been living it all your life so you can preach it and live it. Some people get stuff and they preach it, but the next day. Is that the same one that preached that? Is that the same one that taught? The one that just cussed me out. And they telling me how to live. Holy. It didn't take them long to bleep, bleep, bleep me. Where all that bleep and bleep come from? Because it was already there. God fearing women. The ones that truly fear God don't stand for any and everything and they're not connected to any and everything. And you know them by the fruit that they bear. You know them that when you off key, they're going to put you on key in a loving way. They ain't going to bite their tongue because they got God there. They got the Holy Spirit there. They're going to tell you just how it is. And a God-fearing woman is not afraid to look in your eye and say, I'm sorry, Athea. That should not have come out the way it did. Forgive me for saying what I said. They ain't going to wait 20 years. Not a God-fearing woman. A God-fearing woman is not going to hold a grudge. A God-fearing woman is not going to be the biggest gossiper in the church. A God-fearing woman is going to show you how to love your mate. Even when that mate 
in love. Hallelujah. That sounded like Carlton, didn't it? Just a little low key. So a God-fearing woman is going to do it God's way and not man's way, y'all. They're going to line up with the word. This woman had to stand up in the midst of her sons being sold into bondage. She had to stand up for God. She had to stand up for what she knew was right, what she was taught through a God-fearing husband. Women don't, don't link up to any and every man just because here... Don't do that. Don't do that. Because when you do it, you ain't the only one suffering through it. Your children are suffering through it. But God will get you through it now. But you can't give up. You can't just throw in the towel and just say, divorce. I want a divorce. Because he, he didn't hit you. He just ain't treat me right. He just ain't loving me the way he loved me when we first come together. He used to compliment me. He don't compliment me no more. He just say how big I am. He just don't do like he do. So I'm getting a divorce. You're not a God-fearing woman. Because that's not what God wants. God hates divorce. That's why you better watch who you link up to. Because they're yours. You're mine. We're joined. Mm -hmm. So be careful. Who you entangle with. Who you rolling with. Be careful. Because things change over the years. And you're going to know how God fearing you are women when they change. When that man act like he's schizo. Now my husband is not schizo. Go in the word. See what the word has to say. And live by what the word is saying. And guess what happened, women? The man can be won over by what you speak and how you act, even though they hurt you deeply. That's when you can call on the Holy Spirit. Help me. So I pray. That the teaching, the preaching, everything that you heard today, women, that it would help you to be whom God would have for you to be. Everything, women, is not the man's fault. Sometimes we try to roll it over on that man, and it ain't his fault. I did that in my day, especially when they snap your picture, when you go through a light. When they sent it in the mail, I said, honey, now why you run that light? That's before I was a God-fearing woman. Why you run that light? So my husband, he was wise enough to look at the picture. He said, it looked like your head and Jeremy's. What? Just pay the ticket, man. <laughs> so we, don't we do things, women, and hiding clothes and shoes and pocketbooks and money. Act like you ain't got none. To take your husband's money and know you got some. We won. Was yours is mine and was mine is mine. <laughs> but we won. Right? If we won, we share what we have. Because that's what God did. He gave us his only. Y'all get it? 
his only begotten son. So, honey, my last $5 is your last. Whatever I got, you got. Wherever I go, you go. Wherever I lay, you better lay. I knew I'd wake y'all up. Praise Jesus. To God be the glory. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Um, I want to day honor some special women that's in this ministry. And we do this every year. And we honor the ones that's 70 above. And we thank God for the long life he has given us for the women that are 70 and above. So we want to honor them today. So um, the ones that are here, I'm going to ask them to come up first. Renee, can you help with this? You and, come on. You and Jennifer, come on up. Help us with this. Okay, this is what we want to do. We want to honor the women that are 70 and above. And I'm going to ask them to stand up here today. I'm going to ask Miss Mary to come up. Miss Shirley Herman, please come up. And Amelia is not here. So um, I'll make sure she get hers. And we have Miss Mimi. Gloria, can you stand in for your mother? We have Miss Mimi, we have Miss Dixon, and Gloria, can you stand in for Miss Dixon? And I think I'm missing one more, right? I have Amelia, Miss Dixon, yes, Amelia, Miss Dixon, um, Miss Mary, Miss Shirley, and who's the other one? Kim, what do you have on those bags? Okay, Miss, um, who you have? Miss Mary. Miss Dixie, that will go to Gloria for your mom. Miss Dixie. Gloria will be standing in for her mom. Miss Shirley Herman. And this other Miss Shirley Herman right here. And Gloria uh, Walker is going to stand in for Miss Mimi. And then Amelia, um, you can give that to my dad for Miss Amelia. Right here, Kim. Hallelujah. And we just want to give glory and honor to God for these special women in the house. Amen. So we honor God. Hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day. And we here at Miracle Temple love you with the love of God. Amen. And now we want to ask all mothers to stand. And um, if you have been a mother to the motherless, please stand. And we want to honor you today with the token of our appreciation. Amen. Could we get some men and um, make sure men, yeah, everybody, and they get a book and they get a cup. Amen. And the um, mothers that we already, the five mothers that we already give, y'all can, y'all can take a seat. Y'all's were separate. But the rest of the mothers. The time is now for God. 
God's people to prosper. Your blessings here. Get ready to receive it. For what He has promised, it will all come to pass. Get ready to receive it. For it's your time. You. 